Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. <laughs> Thanks. This is Sydney McElroy. <laughs> and I'm. And, and this is Justin McElroy. Okay, it did fade a lot quicker for me. No, I like was hoping to do some mind games <laughs> where maybe if I said your name first, they would think I said me and would cheer less quiet, but it didn't pan out. The, You're a sharp audience, no, they, and I give you credit. They, they like you better when I introduce you. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what a thrill it is to be here in Atlanta. <laughs> I love... Your, I love your city. Last time I was here for uh, Sydney, was it a, a, a sort of a heroin con you were no, at? No, it was the Prescription Drug Abuse and Heroin Summit. <laughs> and no Big one fans. called it Heroin Con? <laughs> no. Okay. No. <laughs> well, we were here before and we really liked it and we wanted to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, uh, we went to your beautiful uh, 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 aquarium for the second time. Best, you know what? I'm sure people say this every time they come through Atlanta, but I'm just going to say it. Best aquarium in the world. It really is. Every time we go on one of these tours, we take Charlie to the local aquarium. aquarium We've been yeah. to a lot. And Children's really Museum. Uh, I mm-hmm. got either one. We go to one of those. Yeah. Um, sometimes we, we'll... asked, we asked Charlie her favorite part, and she went, ah, oh, the fish. Oh, cool. <laughs> Great. Okay, sure. Thanks. She was watching a video on her phone <laughs> at the time, so she wasn't really you know, nice. the fish, whatever, Mom. I don't care. <laughs> um, but I, I uh, when I was, um, but we were coming here in the car last night, and when we got picked up at the airport, the uh, driver said, um, do you guys uh, want a water or a Coke? And I was like, that's very novel. A Coke. Perfect. Cool, I'm in Atlanta. I'll have a Coke. <laughs> Gave me a very small Coke that I would estimate was about 65 degrees. <laughs> and when I and I didn't even want it that bad. It's just like I'm in Atlanta. I'm gonna have that Coke. But it and was when, still great. It was still great. Because, Don't insult Coke. Here. Well, no, it was it was not great through no fault of Coke because when I opened it, it just like exploded <laughs> on me. Presumably getting jostled in a, in a car in the trunk all day long does not do great things for Coke. Um, but everybody else knew that they were going to be warm, so he'd been offering them all day, and nobody else took him up on the warm Coke. J-Man's got his back. Justin. 
But uh, we always try to do an episode topic that's kind of related to where we are when we do these live shows. And we knew, well, we don't like know everything about Atlanta. We knew the Coke thing. And, <laughs> and I thought, I thought, you know, it might be interesting when you, when you go back and trace the history of soda, of soft drinks, um, it's very medical. So this totally relates to our show. So I thought that's what we could, we could talk about. And of course, we'll talk about Coke, of course, of course. Of course. I'm saving that to the end, though, so that you pay attention. <laughs> yeah. And please don't boo enemy sodas. I understand. <laughs> I understand you people are, you, Atlanta's still fighting the cola wars. The rest of us, the rest of us have found peace. You, you joke about that, but my very dear friend, Carolyn, who is from Atlanta, I drank a Diet Pepsi in front of her once, and she got legitimately angry at me and said, what are you doing? She, what is that garbage? She <laughs> grabbed it out of her hand and dumped it on her head. No, she didn't do that. And you think she would stop after a little splashed out? She just stood there and watched the whole bottle empty out. And she said, what's on the floor? And Sydney was like, well, it's a diet. And she cut it off and said, garbage. <laughs> That didn't happen. So when Could you, <laughs> what we think of as, as soda, or I guess it depends on where you are, soda, pop, or just Coke, right? Everything here is just Coke. <laughs> Either way, what we think of as that originated in drugstores in the late 1700s, and they got really popular throughout the 1800s, and they were sold in pharmacies or drugstores because they were full of drugs. So that was <laughs> an appropriate place for them to, to start. And, and the kind of the story of soda is it starts with mineral water. So people had this idea that mineral springs, fresh springs, were, were good for you, and you should spend time in them. You should bathe in them for anything. Whatever made you sick, go hang out in a mineral spring, and you'll get better. Right? No, mm -hmm. Sydney. No, you're a physician. No. You should know but, better than this. <laughs> but I'm <some> shocked. <laughs> Somebody, somebody said, you know what, we need to take this a step further. If it's good for you to bathe in, certainly this is good for you to ingest. And, and so the, you, we, they started selling bottles of that. But the problem was if you wanted to take it anywhere that wasn't like at the mineral, at the fresh spring. It's a crime. No. <laughs> but like they needed a way to package it or to sell it somewhere without like still having the carbonation. That was the big problem. So there was this whole holdup while they figured out how to carbonate water. And once they figured out how to do that at pharmacies, then they started having just these taps where you could go and get like carbonated water. That's all it was at first was just, you know, here's some carbonated water for you. Ugh. Right. Like I didn't, I didn't think that sounded very good, but people loved it. And it was a very um, elite, fancy they, no, thing. Just, they didn't love it. That's just what, like, what passed for entertainment. Like... <laughs> I'll drink some bad water. Like this afternoon, I'm gonna go drink bad water. When a waiter asks me if I want mineral or tap water, I wanna like play them in basketball and then dunk on them. Like that makes me so angry. Uh, which the one that tastes like palatable in any way, shape or form. I'm eight, by the way, I'm eight years old. <laughs> it's worth noting. More or less. Okay. But, but it was... It she was acts like she likes very... mineral water, like she's crazy about it. Like, oh, Justin, you're unrefined I palate. <laughs> I, don't, 
I'm, I'm one of those, like, it's, like, I'll drink tap water, I don't care. But anyway, but it, I'm not, I wasn't fancy enough, because if you were very fancy and you were in the know, mm. you would sit at these, at these bars and drink carbonated water and be very fancy and Burp. talk with your very intelligent friends there and, like, Let's look at us drinking Burp. our very Burp. healthy water. Um, and that was great, but they needed a way to, to expand. How do we get more people to drink this stuff? And that's where drugs come into play. So You thought she was going to say flavors, but no. <laughs> so medicine didn't then and still doesn't typically taste very good. So, I mean, for the most part. So there was already this idea that in order to get people to take medicine, we have to make it taste better or attractive to them in some way. Uh, part of that was a marketing play, which is why you would get all of these really wild ads telling you, like, this will make your brain function better and this is good for your whole body and this will make you virile and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but part of that was also add stuff to it. Like, the most popular was, like, alcohol. Just nice. throw some alcohol in there, and then everybody will want your medicine. Uh, but it was really something that you had to put a lot of effort into to sell. And so you can see where these worlds are coming together, where it's like, well, we need to sell all of this bubbly water. We need to sell all of these medicines. Let's put all this together and throw in there some addictive stuff, maybe. Nice. That's, <laughs> That's a really good helpful. way that people don't think about enough. <laughs> to keep <laughs> customer retention is such an issue. Um, one thing that you can do once you pay for the acquisition of the customer, one very good thing you can do is put a highly addictive substance in them. They figured this out with um, cigarettes. Have you heard of this? <laughs> <laughs> they used to smoke and be like, "Why am I doing this? I actually hate this." But then they figured out. Let's make them addictive. Uh -huh. And then they're like, I actually still don't know why I'm doing this, but I am going to, and will continue to for the foreseeable future. They, to, and then tobacco was one of the things they used to put in drinks, actually, yeah. in early, early sodas. You gotta uh, be careful and, about that. Nicotine can be poisonous if you have too much of it. Like in um, Three Act Tragedy, the 10th Poirot book, it's nicotine. No, we're not doing that. We're not, no. I just finished it, it's no, not bad. No. It's okay. He's not in it a lot. Mm-hmm, okay. <laughs> I can't hear any more about Poro on this trip anymore. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, so you would put things in it. You put flavor in there. That's great. But you would put things like cocaine or tobacco or strychnine or opium or, you know, whatever in there too. And then, or cannabis. And people really liked them and would keep buying them. And so that's where druggists, this is where this started. So they would start selling these medicines. I mean, that you would get at like a soda counter. Like you go up and they would squirt you out a little glass of your medicine that tasted great and had, you know, cocaine in it, and it was great. <laughs> it was like five cents a glass, and, and that was really popular, and that exploded. Five cents a glass cocaine was really popular? <laughs> Go on. I know, it's shocking. That exploded during the Prohibition era because then you couldn't go get booze, so instead of the hard drinks... <laughs> You would turn to the soft drinks. That's where soft drink. That's where they came from. That's where soft drinks came from. I want to be. With, I would be hanging out with the guy drinking five cent cocaine when they announced prohibition. Like, who cares? <laughs> I feel as good about this as I do about everything. And that, that was really how these like soda fountains. Why you went and, and hung out at the so, at the soda shop. That's how they exploded in popularity is because you could go there, you get the soft drinks that still had like 
drugs in them <laughs> and good stuff in them. Um, and that was, and it wasn't a bar, so it was legal. And that's also where you got like, soda shop started to get these kinds of reputations, like, oh no, your kids are hanging out down at the soda fountain. You know, watch out. That's a dangerous place. Which eventually, over time, soda fountains didn't like, and they wanted to be more family friendly. And so then they, that's when you finally see them stop marketing these things as medicine and just calling them a beverage. And then everybody lost interest because eventually, as we'll talk about, they take all the fun stuff out of soda, you know. Ah. Yeah. So what is the story then behind all these different sodas? Because they all started out in some drugstore. Some pharmacist made them as a medicine for some reason, and then they became a beverage. Well, one thing I did want to address before I got into the, the ones that we know now is the concept of a phosphate. Mm -hmm. I have heard this before. Like, like, in a, like somebody like trying to be old-timey and being like, hey, give me a phosphate there, buddy. And I always wondered, like, I don't know. Do you know what a phosphate is? I mean, is? that's hysterical. What you're doing is so funny, but what does that mean? <laughs> I'm loving this character that you've done. No, but... I just mean, like, you'd hear people say that, and I'm like, I don't know what a phosphate is. Can I get more, some, a little bit more of that old-timey character, though? No. I know you got a little bit more for me. Never again. So, it was If you could just was... say 23 skidoo, we can all move on. All it was was early on when they started making these sodas, a really popular thing to add was phosphoric acid. And it had a very sour taste and you would throw it in there and phosphoric acid was thought to be really good for a bunch of stuff. It was great for high blood pressure, what no, they thought it was. It was great for indigestion. It was really good for nervousness and exhaustion. Just get a phosphate and that'll pep you right up. That's where that comes from was that you would go and it was just a really sour carbonated water there is it go. that's yum um <laughs> again it was very boring back then mm -hmm. um is that with the stuff that's in diet coke that is like they have to put the warning on the can about you know what i'm talking about no no you're that's you're, you're talking about for fetal phenylketonurics and that's so a whole other thing. We won't get into that. She just that's knows a, words like that. that. That's a whole other thing. And she's married to me, and she knows words like that. What did I do? <laughs> Say some more, sweetie. Just like one more. No, one long one. I want to talk about root beer. Heck yeah. <laughs> Gross. Um, one of the one of the earliest kind of beverages, well, medicines turned beverage that are, that arose was root beer. Um, people had already been uh, kind of using the ingredients of root beer as medicinal tonics for a long time. So this was a natural fit for like a lot of soda roots, fountain. right? They're like, well, that was a stupid, God, stupid, <laughs> stupid. I was trying to not make a joke and be like urbane for once. And the word root is right there in I the know. name of the beer. What a stupid thing to say. What an idiot. Ugh. I'm, so I'm not saying anything else. Just do your thing. I'm not saying anything else. I'm going to come back so, from this. They, the most early root beers uh, had either sassafras or sarsaparilla in them. Uh, sassafras was thought to be a great medicinal plant. Uh, it's, that's what it's called. It's called sassafras. <laughs> um, for, I mean, for centuries. And it could treat, it was really, it was a cure-all. You could use sassafras to treat uh, toothaches, rheumatisms, swelling, general swelling, menstrual problems, um, if you have sexually transmitted infections or bronchitis. Any of these things, <laughs> <laughs> 
you could, you could treat with sassafras. And so sassafras in root beer was a really great, they were like, hey, now this is a really healthy beverage and it tastes, I mean, people, I'm sorry. I, I understand everybody loves root beer. I don't, I don't no. get it myself. People it's love bad. root beer. People who love root beer though really love root beer. Oh yeah. They're, they like to show off like, oh, you don't, I'll take yours. Like, fine. <laughs> I don't care. But, but the problem with Have you ever been offered a root beer and it's the only option and it's like, are you kidding me? I went, I once went to somebody's house and they were like, do you want something to drink? I was like, what do you have? They said, root beer. And I was like, I looked at him, this is what I really said. I'll drink water. <laughs> no, really, I drink water. <laughs> it's unheard of. I know. <laughs> Uh, so the problem with sassafras was saffron. So that's an oil that is in sassafras. And it, I mean, probably in small amounts, it's fairly harmless, but they started doing studies on saffron and they found that when they were injecting larger amounts of saffron into rats, they got cancer. And so there was this big stir, uh, should we be putting sassafras in beverages? If it's, I mean, it's totally unregulated. We have no idea how much, I mean, you could go on a root beer kick and drink gallons of root beer and then we don't know how much sassafras you got. So they started removing sassafras from beverages. Now you will find it back today, but that's because we actually have a process where we can take the saffron out of the sassafras. So you can still have sassafras, but, but that's why it's not in there. I still don't want any. Thank you no. for offering. Um, sarsaparilla, though, took over as the, the more ingredient, more found in uh, root beers. And it was also thought to be a cure-all, but specifically, it was thought to be helpful for syphilis. So this really helped root beer out. <laughs> Especially when you consider that we were, we were still dealing with maybe you should inject mercury into your penis because you have syphilis, drinking a root beer. Yeah, I'll take the root beer. Thank you. <laughs> no, you know what? I just thought about it. I would still take the needle in my penis. <laughs> take that, root beer. Not that bad. <laughs> um. <laughs> Got him. Also, root beer, if you're here, I am sorry. <laughs> the medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although... There will be some Wendy's consumed, but we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat, delicious meals right to your door, and not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real, high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got like fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From 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 a, a box? Pre-prepared? All I got in two minutes? I mean, filet mignon? That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or clean up. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. 
Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McQuarrie fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McElroy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. From from root beer, there came other sort of like plant-based or root-based beverages, and that's where you start to see the creation of things like ginger ale or ginger beer or birch beer or my favorite in this kind of group is Dr. Brown's Celery. Now, they're fans of Celery. I had never heard of Celery, and I was really excited to learn about this celery-flavored Soda. This is still around. You can still go buy celery. It's still a thing. Okay. I, you were always the one to tell me weird food facts, and I don't know how you don't know this. No. Weird soda is my dad. My dad will be like, <laughs> hey, they made, they made Pepsi hot. <laughs> Great, Dad. Do you mean like left at? No, like temperature hot. It's like spicy now. Thanks. Cool, I guess. Great. How is it? Bad. Okay. <laughs> Just ain't that I, coming. So, from from my understanding, celery isn't bad. Uh, it it came apart. It came at a time when celery was thought to be a major health food. So this was in the in the late 1800s. Everybody was eating celery if they could get it because it was it was just thought to be good for you for every reason. It was really thought to be like one of the healthiest superfoods you could eat. And so you wouldn't just find celery drinks. You would find like celery gum. Uh, seriously, there were celery soaps that you could use so that you could like infuse yourself with celery. And it was it was thought to specifically be really good for like your stomach and your bowels and digestion and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it was... It was just generally thought to be a good, healthy tonic. And so this is where celery came from. Um, It was really just celery seeds. So it's not like, don't imagine them like grinding up celery and sticking it in a drink. And I mean, it is, it's like, it's supposed to be like a light, bubbly, refreshing soda that happens to taste like celery. It sounds okay. Now that we've all marinated in it for a little bit, like, (laughs) sounds all right. It, uh, It actually, it was, 
generally sold in delis, and it, I guess it complemented really well like a rich deli food, like a big like pastrami sandwich or something. So you would have that, and you'd have a celery, and it was really popular, and you can go buy them still today. Yeah, I, I would love that. So there you go. But now we know that celery, I mean, celery's not, I mean, it's fine. I'm not saying it's bad for you. Like, so it's, it's basically water, right? It's, it's, it's water yeah, you can it's eat. Yeah, it's like green, crunchy water, and that's, and that's great if that gets you to have your water, but, you know, it's celery. Um, uh, Coke actually did make a celery cola at the time, but it did not catch on. <laughs> um, one, one drink that I have to mention, one soda that isn't as popular in most of the country, but if you go up to Maine, I understand that you will find Moxie, and it's very popular there. And, and our friend John Hodgman talks about it, so I had to mention it. Yeah. Um, Moxie is a New England-based soda. It was introduced in 1884 by a doctor, Augustine Thompson, and it was supposedly made from this very rare South American plant that one of his friends, a Lieutenant Moxie, brought back, and they turned into a tonic. It was originally thought to be this brain and nerve toxin, or tonic, that would, not a toxin. Do <laughs> you confuse us a lot, Sydney? I, <laughs> Depending on, I, from the way I've described, from the way I've heard the taste described, I don't know, either way. But it was supposed to be really good for your nerves. It was supposed to be good for, quote, loss of manhood. Um, All right. Helplessness. Hopelessness? Helplessness. That's a good maybe, soda, maybe man. Maybe hopelessness. It's a very good soda. Softening of the brain. It was good for that. For um, doing that or not for undoing it? No, it was good to fix it. Okay, got it. Yeah, it was a tonic. It was Moxie was supposed to be really good for. All I just that didn't stuff. know if softening the brain was like ideal or not ideal. It did. It did have. It had gentian violet in it, which is actually an antifungal. Which actually is. That's okay. kind of interesting. All right. And and you'll actually find it in some bitters too, because bitters started out as medicine as well. Um, and Moxie still. I think it's like the official drink of Maine, and it's still around. If you go up to New England, go up New England way, you can go buy Moxie. Um, but I, I hear the taste is challenging. Challenging. <laughs> challenging. Now, some sodas that we're more familiar with also started out as medicine. One that I will just mention briefly is, of course, Pepsi. Um, <laughs> I know. I, I asked I know. you specifically. <laughs> I, w- <laughs> I will now spend the rest of the podcast admonishing you. It was, I just think it's interesting. It was, it was also created um, by a pharmacist, Caleb Bradham. A dumb pharmacist, a d- right? Dumb, dumb Caleb. I asked you. And, well. I asked you to not do this. Why I mention it, though, is the name. I didn't know this. Pepsi originally was called Brad's Drink. <laughs> Which is a terrible name. It's a, I mean, that's awful. <laughs> and can you imagine the confusion every time? Like, what you drinking? Brad's drink. Brad's drink. He Does left, he know? <laughs> yeah. He left it unfinished. <laughs> so, oh, God, that's good. So Brad's drink was introduced. <laughs> um, it was supposed to be a digestive aid. Brad's drink, um, and eventually they, uh, for obvious reasons, it's a terrible name. They changed the name because it's a it great had, name. 
It had pepsin in it, which was to aid in digestion, and then it had cola nut, cola, and so they changed it later to Pepsi Cola because of those things, and also because nobody, I assume, was buying Brad's drink. Do you want Brad's drink? Um, no, I'll get my own, no. I think. I'd like Sydney's drink, please. Yeah. I don't know Brad. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and of course, it's not as good as Coke, obviously. <gasps> yeah, obviously. okay. Um, now, my personal favorite and um, America's oldest soda is Dr. Pepper. That's my, I'm sorry, that's my personal favorite. Uh, it, it has a medical name even. It was created in Waco, Texas by Charles Alderton in 1885 and it was sold at a place called Morrison's Old Corner Drug Store. That was really the name of the store. Folksy. I know. And, uh, and at first it was called a Waco. So that's he, very good. Yeah. He invented it and they started selling it at this drugstore and people would say, hey, shoot me a Waco. And they'd fill you up a little cup of a Waco and you'd drink that. Was and it called Waco or a Waco? N- no, like Waco. Oh, all right. Sorry. It's like fine. for where it was. I just thought it was like because it woke you up in the morning. If you had one, it's like, oh, a Waco. <laughs> No, just like the... Place. Your thing makes more sense. Yeah, like just like the town. Uh, <laughs> Morrison bought it from him. The guy who owned the drugstore bought it from the pharmacist who developed it and renamed it Dr. Pepper for another pharmacist that he had, like, apprenticed under and respected, Charles T. Pepper. And so there you go. And, he, and also Dr. Pepper is probably a better name and more widely applicable. It's actually kind of a buckwild name. <laughs> we, we're just, like, all used to it. If someone introduced a new soda today and they're like, this is my soda, Dr. Philippe, you'd be like, that's actually a wild name for a soda because it's not a medical doctor at all. It's a cola. It was, it was the same as everything else. And a lot of this just had to do with the fact that these drinks had caffeine in them. So they were marketed as like brain and nerve tonics. Um, they, would, they were thought to stimulate your brain function and make you more awake and give you more energy. And I mean, they had caffeine, so... The only thing I'll say about Dr. Pepper is I once had an eye doctor on an eye exam look in my eyes and say, do you drink a lot of Dr. Pepper? <laughs> I said, yes. And I don't know how he knew to this day. Very happy Halloween. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it does to your eyes. <laughs> I don't know. Um... Seven Up. This is one of the one of the interesting uh, ingredients. We all we all know caffeine was in all these drinks, but Seven Up has really strange origins. A businessman named Charles Grigg invented it in 1929, and it was called Bib Label Lithiated Lemon Lime Soda <laughs> because it contained lithium initially. Whoa. Which I did not know that. Now, lithium, you may know medically, is used, of course, to this day as a mood stabilizer. And it had been known to have these sort of properties for a very long time. Lithium was used for a variety of different psychiatric diagnoses. But in its heyday, lithium was also thought to do a lot of other things. So in addition to treating those illnesses, it could be used for things like gout or kidney stones or arthritis. So why not just put it in a beverage, unregulated, and sell it to everybody? Oh, I know why not. I can handle, I can handle this one. 
Go ahead. Is dangerous? Well, <laughs> and, they, and, and by the way, they knew, they knew what they were selling, too, because the, their original slogan, the original slogan of 7-Up was, take the ouch out of grouch. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, elevate your mood with all the lithium in there. Um, the, of course, the problem with lithium is that it has kind of a narrow therapeutic index. So as long as your levels are in a certain range, that's fine. But once it gets above that, it, you can become toxic. And nobody was measuring how much 7-Up you were drinking, or, well, at the time, the bib label lithiated lemon-lime soda. So eventually they had to remove lithium in the 1940s. Um, the name 7-Up, they're not, nobody's entirely certain where he got that because obviously it changed. Again, some of this is just obvious. Like nobody was gonna buy, I can't even remember. Every time, I have to look at it every time. I, bib label, lithiated lemon lime soda. Nobody's gonna buy that. So it may be from this, at the time it was sold in seven ounce bottles. Okay. It may be that it had seven ingredients. All right. They're not sure. And then the other thing is that there was like a very common cattle brand that was used and it was a seven with a U. And it's thought that this guy, Greg, just really liked the look of it. And that's why he called his soda 7-Up. I mean, it's no I worse than any of the others, right? They called that one Brad's drink, remember? <laughs> like, it probably, I probably, I can help with this. He did something, and then he looked at it and said, well, it's better than Brad's drink. <laughs> The up, by the way, is because, like, it's carbonated and the bubbles go up. Seven up. <laughs> sure. That's the yeah. thought, anyway. I don't know. I feel like... And, I mean, you knows? drink it down. So, like, up. what are we doing? <laughs> like, it could be anything. This is Calvin Ball. <laughs> um, so, finally, Coke. Let's get to Coca-Cola. Okay. <laughs> I feel like... And I feel like telling the, the story of Coke is really silly here, because like, that's what you guys do at, like, around the holidays. That's all their right? history. That's <laughs> all like their history sit, classes are. You sit down. No, I picture like family gatherings, like everybody sits down, and then like, <laughs> you know, like dad gets out the big book of Coke and <laughs> by the fire and like has his pipe, and it's like, now listen, children, as I tell you, and everybody can, is like, dad, not again. We all know. We all know the miraculous story of Coke. <laughs> the birth of Coke. Also, considering that Coke invented Santa Claus, it's actually not such a uh, buck wild yeah. theory. <laughs> they did, totally. Uh, so, John Pemberton was a Confederate colonel who was wounded in the Civil War. Civil War. <laughs> all right, a lot of. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, he was. <laughs> we can't do this. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> And from, from his wound, he was treated with morphine, which was available as a painkiller at the time. And, <laughs> and he developed an addiction, and he began to seek Thank you for something. not wooing addiction. Yes. <laughs> but, but he made something good out of it, because he, he began to try to find something to help him fight this addiction. What's something else that can be used to treat this morphine addiction that by this point in history we knew was a problem. And so he ended up discovering Vin Mariani, which was a very popular European tonic that had been made out of combining alcohol and the coca leaf. And because it, you could extract more out of the coca leaf with the alcohol. And so you had this really delicious fortified wine with cocaine in it <laughs> that was for some reason really popular. And 
was thought to be able to restore health and vitality. And so he started, he, he tried it and he thought, this is amazing. Um, yeah. I need to make this and sell it. And so he developed his own that he initially called French coca wine. And it had wine and it had cocaine, but then he threw in there some cola nut because then you got caffeine too. <laughs> so this is the best beverage ever that he has now created. And, uh, and oh, and initially some Damiana, which was supposed to be an aphrodisiac. So mm. you just cover all your bases with this French coca wine. So that was initially what he started selling, but the problem was prohibition came very shortly after this. And so he had to kind of make do without the wine. We had to get the wine out of there. So he started adding sugar syrup instead of wine. And then at that point, the main ingredients were the coca leaf and the cola nut and Coca-Cola was born. And it was initially marketed as a nerve and brain tonic again because it was thought to stimulate you and give you a ton of energy and make you be able to think more clearly. Um, <laughs> they thought it was really good for, again, for stomach, for your stomach, so for like dyspepsia and things like that, and for any kind of like erectile dysfunction. It was marketed a lot for that, like, oh, you're having, just drink a Coke and then that's fine. And it, just like all the other drinks I talked about, it was originally sold at drugstores, you'd get a little glass of it, five, five cents was the general price. Um, and I should note that these, Coke was not the only drink to initially have cocaine in it. It was a pretty small amount, is my understanding. It would be like a, like a tenth of a line of Coke, I think someone estimated. Sorry, that's a metric that you are for, like, sort of comfortable no. enough with that you could just like use and weren't all supposed to be like, oh, a tenth of a line, well, you sure. Know, a lot. Okay. So as much as I would normally do when I myself, a human, do a line of Coke, but just a tenth tenth of that. that. Got it. Perfect. So it wasn't like a. I'm not saying nobody does Coke. I'm saying. I mean, I don't. I just don't. That's the that's the measurement I found. Anyway, so there wasn't a lot. Like you might as well say like an acorn cap of Coke. Like I, I don't know the amount that a tenth of a line is. (laughs) So there was. My point is there wasn't a ton of cocaine. Now I mean, granted, if you kept. If you had a lot of nickels, you could eventually <laughs> ingest a lot of cocaine, you get there. but it, you know. And a big bladder. So, <laughs> so it was really popular. Obviously, um, the cocaine was removed in 1903, so there's not cocaine still in Coke uh, or in any of these beverages because the FDA came in and said, Why are we letting you put cocaine in these drinks? And they were all this like, Yeah, really you got it. Sorry. Good point, good point. Fair, fair, fair. Uh, and the only caveat I'll add to that is that, and, and Coke obviously became America's leading beverage brand, and a lot of that had to do with the marketing, the advertising, which was always genius and ahead of the game. And so everybody bought Coke, and it tastes great, obviously. And one of my favorite, because so Coke has been at, cocaine has been out of Coke for a very long time, but everybody kind of always knew that. Like, didn't it used to? Didn't it used to have cocaine? And I feel like in the 1980s, Coke started an advertising campaign that was based on this kind of like like mythological, like didn't it have cocaine in it? Belief, it did. Um, called Coke in the morning. And it was the 80s. And I feel like that they were trying to market to everybody, like, don't do coffee anymore. Do Coke in the morning. Coke in the morning. <laughs> do Coke in the morning. Catch the fever. I feel like I, 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 that had to be like a, like, like, wink, wink, Coke in the morning. Anyway. And now, I, my understanding is it didn't catch on. People still drink coffee. <laughs> Sorry. Um, 
And uh, that's the story of sodas. You guys, you, would you, do, is it medically advised for anything anymore? I know at the hos- at our hospital they have Shasta products. No. So let's I hope mean, that that the soda is not medicinal. No, there's the that's the sad coda I will say is that, that nowadays I spend a lot of time trying to convince my patients to drink less soda. Yeah, well. So. We'll it's no time. longer a medicinal beverage, but oh, there well. you go. <laughs> uh, folks, that is going to do it for us. Thank you so much for listening here. Um, thank you to the Cobb Energy Center for the Pouring Arts for having us. Um, we're going to be back with my, my brother me here in a second, but uh, we're going to take a little break before that. But uh, uh, thank you to the taxpayers for letting us use your song Medicines as the intro and outro of our program. That is going to do it for us for this week, though. My name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.